Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump. Desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. Which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Please remember, get our podcast wherever you get your favorite listening material. Wendy Bell Radio, join our army. We got a million and a half downloads already and going strong. Give us a like, follow, share, and a five-star review. We're just delighted to have you here with us. Welcome home. I said in this very program, before the 2020 election... I said, pay attention to Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania is dirty as balls and something that's going to predict the country, predict the vote is going to happen in Pennsylvania. Now, it also happened in Arizona. It happened in Georgia, right? But Pennsylvania has always been, in the 30, 25 years that I've been here, Dirty, politically dirty. So how do you go to bed at, uh, you know, November 3rd of 2020 and Pennsylvania, Donald Trump is up 600,000. I'm thinking at this point, it's probably okay. I can go to bed. He's been reelected. He's got it in the bag. I'm going home. I'm going to going to sleep. And I wake up the next morning and Donald Trump has reportedly lost, lost by 80,555 votes. And and you're supposed to believe that. You're you're supposed to believe that there was such a cataclysmic change overnight somehow that everything that you thought you knew was actually the opposite and you're not supposed to talk about it. You're supposed to accept it, swallow it and move along. And if you didn't and I didn't because I don't know as a as a mom, as a common sense woman, as an America lover, I believe we should be able to question our government. And so I said, prove it. Prove it. Show us what on earth happened. And the scurrying of the cover-up that we've all come to know very well in what I believe was an epic, epic cheat was well underway. Now, 
there have been other cases that are ridiculous. And this one in Fulton County, Georgia, is among them. And I want to read you this article from beckernews.com. And the title of it is such. Trouble in Fulton County? High-powered defense attorneys move to withdraw amid questions about the 2020 ballots. So let me get this straight. We're told that what happened on November 3rd and into the November 4th, et cetera, et cetera, that was perfectly reasonable. It was safe and secure. The machines were not connected to anything. Everything was kosher. It was perfectly reasonable. That was the result. If you question it, you're an election denier. You're part of the big lie. And we will excoriate you. We will come after you. We will dox you. We'll put you in Facebook jail. We'll kick you off YouTube. We'll restrict you on everything else. All of these things, by the way, happened to me. So I'm speaking from experience. You're not allowed to talk about these things. There's trouble in Fulton County, Georgia, as two high-powered criminal defense attorneys have suddenly filed a motion to withdraw from a 2020 election case. Now, the only reason attorneys withdraw is because they know they're going to lose. Or they know some jazz is coming out and they don't want to be anywhere near it. Criminal defense attorneys Donald F. Samuel and Amanda R. Clark Palmer have motioned to withdraw themselves from the Favorito versus Juan case, according to the motion. And we'll get into the nuance of what this is, what the case is all about. Rasmussen speculated that the lawyers reportedly motioning to withdraw may have something to do with quote-unquote missing mail ballots. Might be something to do with it. And this is what Rasmussen tweeted out. These 150,000 still secret 2020 unfolded mail ballots with the perfect ovals protected by court order for three years may have gone missing what and the county's lawyers have just quit that's the rasmussen tweet of course it's not clear why the lawyers are withdrawing from the case becker news has reached out to the law firm garland samuel and loeb for comment of course they're going to update us as it happens but this website human events had earlier reported on the 147,000 mail-in ballots controversy This is what they said. Fulton County poll manager Susie Voiles was sorting through a large stack of mail-in ballots last November when she noticed something odd. Several ballots marked for Joe Biden were extremely similar. One after another, the votes contained perfectly filled ovals for Biden. What's more, each of the bubbles boasted an identical white void inside of them. In the shape of a tiny crescent, tiny crescent, indicating that they'd been marked with toner ink instead of a pen or pencil. Voiles also noticed that all of the ballots were printed on different paper than the others that she had counted. None were folded or creased, which of course is standard for mail-in ballots as they come from envelopes. All of them were strangely pristine, Voiles said. She noted that she'd never seen anything like it in her 20 years monitoring elections in Fulton County. All but three of the 110 ballots in the stack, which had been labeled State Farm Arena, all but three of the 110 ballots in the stack, which had been labeled State Farm Arena, 
were marked for Biden and appeared to be identical ballots. After Voiles came forward, what do you guys think happened to her? You got it. She was fired as the poll manager by the Fulton County Department of Elections. I got the boot for speaking the truth, she said. At least three other poll workers observed the same thing. These election watchdogs have been using, have used their sworn affidavits to help convince a state judge to unseal all of the 147,000 mail-in ballots in Fulton and allow for a closer inspection. They argue that potentially tens of thousands may have been manufactured in a race that Biden won by just 12,000 votes. Now, knowing that, just knowing those numbers, he won by 12,000. We have 147,000 mail-in mail in ballots. And a big chunk of them all, all look the same way. And they're all written in the same way. And they all go for the same guy. And you don't think that we should talk about that. You're fired is the answer. See, the, the, the odd thing about telling the truth is that you don't have to run interference. You don't have to hunt people down and silence them. They don't have to disappear. They don't have to hang themselves because you've got the truth on your side. When you've got something to hide, you need the burner phone. You need the aliases. You need all the players on the same page. Right? Right. An election integrity organization has reported that original images of ballots from the November 2020 election have not been available from 74 counties in Georgia. Now, why would that be? Voter GA, a nonprofit organization dedicated to ensuring election integrity, has obtained certification from 56 counties via open records requests that the state's voting machine system automatically generated either the majority or all of the images used for result tabulation. <laughs> what? Voter images are essential for election records and must be preserved for a period of 22 months in the federal government and 24 months in the state government per their respective statutes. We have what is almost surely major absentee ballot fraud in Fulton County involving 10 to 20,000 probably false ballots, claimed Garland Favorito, the lead petitioner in the case, and a certified poll watcher. We have confirmed that there are five pallets of shrink-wrapped ballots in a county warehouse, he said. In addition, there are massive chain of custody issues in Georgia related to ballot images. 74 of Georgia's counties have not been able to produce original images of the ballots from the November election, according to voter GA, this election integrity nonprofit. The group received confirmation through those open re records requests. At least 28 counties admitted having no original images at all. And 22 of those counties only had recount images that some claimed are the same as originals. Pushing back. Lawsuits, ladies and gentlemen. Things getting hot in the kitchen so that the attorneys representing the county have now quit. That's called progress. And it gets better. You're tuned into the Wendy Bell Radio program back right after this.
All right, so Fulton County's blowing up in their face. Wait, what? We got 150,000 ballots that all look really similar, and they've been locked away, and now they're missing. What's going on? And now the attorneys are jumping out of the case? What? Well, then there's that. You guys remember the story we talked about yesterday? We've got American photojournalists, or how about this? Journalists employed by American companies, used by our media networks, CNN, the New York Times, Reuters, I guess they're based in London, using these photojournalists embedded with terrorists who were on the backs of their motorcycles, riding in through Gaza, breaking through the barrier, crossing into Israel, and capturing the horror of savages, right? So people are like, wait a minute, why do we see this picture front page on the New York Times or in Reuters or on CNN of of a woman being kidnapped, put on the back of of a terrorist's motorbike to be taken off God knows where to be done God knows what with, if she's even still alive. And the picture we see is of two dudes taking a picture of her being dragged off into wherever land. Well, enough people spoke about this. We sure did on this program. CNN and the AP do the right thing. They cut ties with the photographer who was embedded with Hamas. I'm going to give you a quick couple lines on this, and then I'm going to tell you who did not cut ties, who doubled down on being in bed with with terrorists and and presenting to you what we, we can only deduce is propaganda at its highest level. On Wednesday, Bombshell Report published claiming that several Gaza-based freelance photojournalists who work with AP, CNN, Reuters, and the New York Times were embedded with Hamas at the time they carried out surprise attacks in Israel on October 7th. Meaning that they would have had to have advanced knowledge of the plans. I mean, if you're just being honest. Well, now CNN has cut ties with one of those photojournalists, Hassan Ezlaya, surprisingly doing the right thing. This guy, Ezlaya, was also pictured with a grenade in his hand and embracing a Hamas leader. This is not a journalist. This is an activist. Do we really want activists who are embedded with terrorists giving us the image of war? Ew, no, we don't. But who did not disavow this relationship? Are you surprised when I tell you it was the New York Times? Of course you're not. New York Times puts out astonishing statement on, quote, photojournalist who was with Hamas during the terror attack. This on redstate.com. While CNN and the AP immediately cut ties and denounced what was discovered, the New York Times put out this astonishing statement. In it, the newspaper actually defended the journalist in question. Dude holding a grenade... As, as they get across the border into Israel, what'd you do with that? The guy seen getting kissed by one of the leaders of Hamas. New York Times is going to play the victim card. I'm sure this dude is a victim. That's what they're saying. This is what the direct quote is. The accusation that anyone... This reminds me of Leslie Stahl. Mr. President, this is 60 Minutes. (laughs) We don't do that here. Yeah, you do, Leslie, because 60 Minutes have sucked for years. 
The accusation that anyone at the New York Times had advanced knowledge of the Hamas attacks or accompanied Hamas terrorists during the attacks is untrue and outrageous. It is reckless to make such allegations, putting our journalists on the ground in Israel and Gaza at risk. Dude, your journalist holding a freaking grenade and getting kissed by a terror leader might be a little bit more dangerous than us saying, hey, um, that's gross. Right? The Times has extensively covered the October 7th attacks and the war with fairness, <clears throat> impartiality, and an abiding understanding of the complexities of the conflict. Ew. How about you just say, you know what, we got busted. We got busted getting getting scoops that we were more interested in getting scoops in and, and less interested in that these guys knew that these savages were going to cross into Israel before the sun rose. And they were going to murder and brutalize and hunt down like animals, Jews. That they were going to put a baby in the oven and then rape the baby's mother. And the New York Times can't say, you know what? These are very sensitive times. These optics are poor. And we disavow all relations with people affiliated with or embedded with suspected terror. Done. Can't do it. Can't do it, New York Times can't do it aren't you disgusted i am all right coming up next on the wendy bell radio program there are also bullies in the media we're going to talk about this a little bit more on this 248th birthday of the united states marine corps happy birthday Hoorah. Is there anybody it is such an apropos thing to <laughs> to play right welcome back to the wendy bell radio program so I have a few things I want to bring to you here in this segment. Did you guys hear? So at the beginning of the program, we talked about Douglas Mackey, that you can retweet or post something that you think is funny and have the federal government come to your door and bang on your door and put you in handcuffs and not tell you where they're taking you or why and that you're supposed to take it. This is why I love that Texas journalist. Sarah Fields, who was reporting with her sources in Mexico across the border that they were paying attention to what looked like Hamas trainees training to do what? And then when the river would drop in level, they would come underneath the border and come over to the United States and they would do their training exercises here on our side of the border. And Sarah Fields was putting out stories about this. And all of a sudden she gets a, a knock on the door and it's federal agents. Hi. Now she wasn't home. She wasn't home at the time. They ended up calling her and saying, hey, we really want to talk to you. And she says, about what? Well, about your 
your stuff that you're talking about, that there's a Hamas training ground right across the border from where you are in Texas. We want to know how you know this. And she's like, I'm not telling you my source. I got a source in Mexico who's 100% spot on, who's never led me astray. I believe in them 100%. And if I out them and I share their information with you, they are most assuredly dead. Not a freaking chance. You'll have to come and arrest me. This is where we are in this country. I'm tired of people who suck thinking that because they have a badge or they have a job or they've been given some stupid job to come to my house and muscle me that I have to oblige. Douglas Mackey had no idea what was going on. He's like, I just put out a meme I thought was funny about the election. I like Trump. I didn't like Hillary Clinton. I thought it was funny. I thought my friends would laugh. And seven months in federal lockup for you. This is the United States of America today. Well, not only can you post something that you think is funny, the, the journalists, the political cartoonists are now walking a very odd line. You know, in the, in the world of, of free speech, an edgy free speech, we have a few avenues to go where people are able to tell the truth. Political cartoonists are one. I think talk radio hosts are another. But also comedians. Comedians can say and make funny stereotypes that are correct. They might be off color. They might be offensive to some people, but they can say what they want to say under the guise of humor. And they make people uncomfortable because that is where we need to be sometimes. Well, according to the Washington Post, they had to delete a cartoon that was accurate. This is your story from the Washington Post. And this is their headline. Washington Post deletes editorial cartoon criticized as racist. You know, I have to pay every single month for my lousy subscription to the Washington Post. Why? Because I need to know what they're doing. I need to follow them. I need to be the mom at 30,000 feet who looks down at the landscape. And because I listen to the New York Times and I watch CNN and I pay attention, unfortunately, to MSNBC and I read all of these organizations works. I would be actually impressed if the Washington Post had said to people who said that's a racist cartoon. And they had said, you know what? It's a First Amendment thing. And we get behind our staff. But of course, the cartoon itself was written by or created by a conservative artist. Here is your story. The Washington Post took down an editorial cartoon Wednesday that depicted a Hamas leader using civilians as human shields. We're posting it on the screen right now if you're watching the Wendy Bell Radio Network app. So it's a a Hamas leader. You've got a Palestinian flag. And strapped to his chest in rope is a crying baby with little kids tied to either leg and a baby on his head. All roped onto him. And it says, how dare Israel attack civilians? Well, it's, it's accurate. We know factually that Hamas fighters use their own civilians as shields. Why do you think they put their headquarters inside the hospitals in Gaza? Because nobody wants to bomb a hospital, and nobody has, but it's been lied about. 
in the media, of course, and lied about by Rashida Tlaib. In a note to readers, David Shipley, editorial page editor of The Post, said the cartoon was initially meant to caricature, caricature, excuse me, a specific Hamas spokesman. But the backlash to the cartoon convinced him that he had missed something profound and divisive. No, see, David, what you missed was the honesty of the cartoon and the victim status of everybody who's pro-killing Jews. These people who clutch their pearls and say, oh my gosh, that's so racist. It looks like some kind of an Arab guy. He's kind of brown looking and he's got the flag next to him from Palestine. It doesn't look right. That's offensive. You know what's offensive? Murdering women. Beheading children. I'm going to go with that. That's offensive to me. Not a cartoon. You want to do offensive? Let's be honest. But we can't do that in a world where putting up a meme that you think is funny can land you in prison for seven months and the media get behind that. So here's the, the guy in charge of the cartoons at the Washington Post. I missed something I didn't realize until all of my triggered followers of Sock told me, you know what, that doesn't make the, the Israel that the Israel hater is very happy. You should probably do something. So he writes, our section is aimed at finding commonalities. It's not your job. Your job as a newspaper is not to find commonalities. It's to tell us the truth. It's to report the news to the best of your ability. Now, I know this is, this is so out there for so many people in this field because they've sucked at it for so damn long. We don't need you to create the narrative, David Shipley, you clown. That particular cartoon might just be the most accurate thing you're going to post in your stupid publication all month. But you are a little weasel man. Oh, some of our people didn't like it. Oops. Do you think that if the cartoonist had written something and put up something about transgender sports, that the LGBTQ community would have been like, that's so offensive. That's transphobic. You better take it down. Mr. Shipley, where's your line? And offensive to whom? Because I can tell you every single day I read your stupid publication, I'm offended by the lack of journalistic integrity. I'm personally, as a 30-year career journalist and a 21-time Emmy Award-winning news anchor and reporter, I can tell you I'm offended by what you've become, Mr. Shipley. Now, are you going to listen to my voice? Because if you Google me, you'll probably find out I'm a conservative. And if that be the case, then you probably don't care about what I think. So thank you for illuminating to all of us where the line is. And the line is creating the narrative that the left swamp uniparty of suck wants. We're going to pretend like we're pro-Israel. Love Israel. We got your back. Until we start selling all of our arms to Hamas. Until we start telling you that it's your job to, to cease fire. Let's just chill everything down, right? I know they came across and killed 1,400 of your people in the most barbaric, insane ways that not even the devil could fathom, right? But it's really, it's a little too hot right now. And you really, BB, stop it with the airstrikes and all the, you know, 
let's calm things down. We've got civilians. We need to get them food and water and gas. You know. How do you feel about that, Mr. Shipley? And you guys are all wondering, God, ever since Donald Trump left, our, our circulation has sucked. Well, it's not just because Donald Trump left and you've got nothing else to talk about now. It's because we're on to you. What a disappointment. Democracy dies in darkness. Does anybody have a flashlight? Because the Washington Post needs it. Our section is aimed at finding commonalities, understanding the bonds that hold us together, even in the darkest times. Oh, Shipley wrote, in this spirit, we have taken down the drawing. The newsroom, of course, overseen by the executive editor, Sally Busby, operates independently, they say, from the opinion section. Now, the cartoon by Michael Ramirez, titled Human Shields, drew criticism both for its message and the exaggerated features of the Palestinian subjects. Oh, come on! Cartoons are supposed to be exaggerated! That's how you know who the people are, you morons! Now, I can be angry about this, but it's actually embarrassing. It's embarrassing. If I worked for the, the Washington Post, I would be embarrassed. This is who we are. We're going to choose the winners and the losers, and then we're going to claim that we did the right thing because we're really all about kumbaya. And obviously, this, this cartoon, we missed the mark. And David Shipley's going to fall on the sword of suck and think that we all just go like that with it. How is this any different than Rashida Tlaib saying, from the river to the sea? And then people are like, what? You want Jews to die? She says, oh, um, no, I actually meant that as like a real unifying thing. Like, you know, from the rivers to the sea, we should all just be together and, and just love one another. Except when we fly in on paragliders and try to kill you like wild animals. Other than that, maybe we could just live together. Oh, until we come into your neighborhoods and we shoot it up and we behead children and we set your home on fire. Other than that, let's kumbaya. Mr. Shipley, you get an F for failure. You get an S for sucking. We all deserve better. But the field demands better. And you are the antithesis of that, sir. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, I got a lot more, ladies and gentlemen, before we talk to our national security expert, John Guandolo, identifying the jihadi networks who have lived here for years. And the FBI has never once charged them with anything. I wonder when that is. Next. You know, this whole idea of bullies getting pushback and how quickly they fold. Bullies in that Fulton County election case. When they get pushback, people saying, you know what? I was a poll worker. I saw stuff. I know stuff. I will not back down. This is about our elections. This is about America. You cannot silence me. Enough people do that. And bullies back down. And when a bully backs down, that is a victory. It's not just a victory for the individual. It's a victory for their neighborhood. 
It's a victory for their city, their state. It's a victory for America. When good overcomes dirtbag, that is a victory. And it happens in small towns. You guys see this headline. Michigan town voted out its entire government over their plans to build a Chinese electric car battery plant. Residents of Green Charter Township, Michigan, removed their entire local government after the town board of all Republicans, by the way, approved a Chinese-affiliated electric battery plant. Because that makes sense. Of course, it's all, we're going to make jobs. We're going to get great jobs here, is what they say, until they get screwed like the auto workers, like the rail workers, like any union ends up getting screwed. Residents strongly disapproved of their local township board's decision to bring in this Chinese-connected company into their community. The board ignored all of their concerns, and all the locals got together and removed them. That is how it happens. You work for us. And somewhere along the way, I don't know where it happens in local government. I don't understand the ego that comes in with these positions, these small victories. All of a sudden, people walk around like they're the second coming, that they have this almighty magic wand wielding power. And you want to be like, dude, you're just Phil the Butcher. I've known you all my life. Why are you all of a sudden a jerk? Why, Why are you magnanimous now? Why are you not listening to us? So I want you to hear this story. This is by News Nation. As they, as they put somebody on this, and I love it. I think it's magnificent. And this is what needs to happen. Go. People from one town in Michigan, they're using their votes to get rid of their entire board. Jim Chapman, 498. Jason Cruz, 740. And those cheers erupting uh, as... Voters heard the results. Uh, The move was all due to the board previously allowing a company with international ties, specifically China, to break ground in their town. Senior national correspondent Brian Enton was there. This is really a story about small town America versus China, and in this case, small town America won. Green Charter Township, Michigan, they basically took out their entire local government last night in a recall election. They took out the entire town board because they were upset the board had voted to green light a Chinese-affiliated electric vehicle battery manufacturer, a massive plant with plans to come to town. It upset the citizens. They organized. They had this recall election upset with the board members who okayed the project. And they were able to take the entire board out. We want everyone to have a voice and, and, and not have any of the secrecy anymore. This whole thing that went down with Goshen was horrible from the, from the first go-round. And like I said, the people have spoken. So exactly what happens from here out is kind of unclear because Goshen, the Chinese-affiliated company, uh, has the land. They signed a development deal with the previous board, but now the new board will be in place who is against the project. What that means, how they'll be able to slow or stop the process, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. But still a big victory for the people in Michigan who have been fighting this Chinese-affiliated plant. Marky? Yeah. 
Brian, thank you. We'll see who those new board members end up being. But this was kind of, we read this in the tea leaves for a long time. I mean, Brian has been visiting these board meetings for, I mean, months on end, and not one has been happy. So the city councils of these various communities are saying, you know what, enough is enough. We should have a say. Uh, and unfortunately, there are times when it's just we don't have enough information yeah. about what these corporations are doing. They're very close to military bases quite often. So people are nervous. People are nervous because it's madness. How about Jennifer Granholm under fire now for inviting China and Russia here to the United States to tour our nuclear facilities? What? It's almost like. Everybody's getting rich and you're getting screwed. Push back. That town did it. Citizens in Chicago, they're doing it. Pushing back against the sanctuary city status of Chicago. We didn't ask for this. We don't want more than 20,000 20, people from God knows where have relocated to Chicago from the southern border. And Chicago residents are paying for it. And they're like, wait a minute, you're turning our school into a temporary shelter for strangers? You're going to give them free health care? You're going to give them money to go out to Walmart and fill up their shopping carts? Load them up with housewares? You're going to set them up with housing? And on the day before the holiday in this country that celebrates the sacrifices in the service of our veterans, we have thousands of homeless veterans every single night in this country. The pushback against the bullies is strong and it is real and it is necessary now if i told you that one of hamas's oldest and dearest allies an organization called care c-a-i-r the council on american islamic relations if I told you that they'd been working here in the United States for 30 years and that the FBI is all aware of it and cool with it, would you be surprised? I, I would be, but I'm not. Our national security expert, John Guandolo, chases or is going to tell us the deep roots of the jihadi network right here next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.